Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Thanks, Pastor Mike. Welcome to church. Jeremiah 17, if you have your Bibles, uh, you can open them there or follow along in uh, just a moment. And uh, we are kicking off a new series called River Wake. Glad you're joining us. There is something in the atmosphere that is shifting. Things are shaking. Things are about to change. Things are changing and about to change even more. And uh, I believe we're stepping in to uh, just some significant things of what God is doing on the earth. And uh, glad you're joining us for worship. If you are uh, new at Faith Assembly, hope you'll stop by the Next Steps area. We can get to connect with you. But uh, you came on a day that... uh, we're kicking off a new series, and I hope you'll, you'll take this journey with us for the next six weeks as we're looking at uh, what we call the River Wake. I was um, beginning of summer towards the end of spring and uh, just in, in a time praying for our county. If you've been around uh, Faith Assembly long enough, you know that our heart beats for Fayette County. We believe and love the, the, the county and the reach that, that's around us uh, beyond Fayette County, but God has given us a heart for this area. We believe there's something that God wants to do significant. That doesn't mean that God's not doing significant things anywhere else. How many know we believe God is, God is blessing families and other people around, but there's something significant about where you are? And uh, this area, we believe that God is doing a significant work. And uh, just begin to pray for our area. And uh, as we constantly do, uh, praying for, for God's presence in Fayette County. One of the prayers that uh, rise up regularly is, Lord, would you cause your presence to be like a strong current? that would rise in our area and like the strong waters would just cleanse and wash and uh, move across our land. And just in that, that, that picture of the, the waters of God's presence. And uh, earlier in the, the summer, beginning of summer, just in this time of prayer, was reminded that we are bordered by the Monongahela. This is the river, of course, uh, to our, uh, our, uh, our west. Many are, are familiar. Some of you are familiar. You grew up here. We know it is the Mon. And uh, this area uh, just began to pray for God's presence like a river to rise up and to move across our land. How many know that when the the current is strong, things can't remain the same way they were when the the current washes over them? In fact, I was intrigued by this idea of Monongahela. I knew it's a Native American term or a word. I I knew that. And uh, so where do you go to find everything? I said, hey, Google. And uh, so uh, I've, I, of course, looked at this. I never looked at the meaning of Monongahela. I just know there's the river. It's a Native American word. But here's what the word Monongahela means. It means falling banks, literally. And one of the descriptions says that the Native Americans found cliffs. And as they saw the cliffs, it was evident that the, that the current of that river was so strong that it knocked out the banks or it would cause the banks to fall, the very things that tried to hold and keep it back. The moment I read that description, I had church, just me, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, and the Word of God just began to declare that that Word was for a season for us that I believe God is about to cause a Monongahela, a falling banks, that there's a move of His presence, that the falling banks, the things that hold back and hinder, that there'd be a shift and an awakening, that there'd be a move. And so we, we began to just pray about this, and my heart began to just beat in our heart for the valley, Mon Valley, and towns along the Monongahela. We have along Fayette County 
this, this river that literally winds and creates the unique western border that we see in, in Fayette County, that uh, it literally created by this river, and this river goes through three, um, three river towns or communities that, that kind of some uh, hub areas along the, the, the Monongahela River, and that's Point Marion, Brownsville and Bel Vernon. These areas are along the river and our heart just began to just, just pour out for these, these communities and these areas. And we believe that God is equipping us in this hour to see a Monongahela, a river with strong currents that makes the banks fall that makes strongholds fall, the strongholds. And one of the things I believe that, that when strongholds are happening, I sensed it this morning, that we are in a spiritual warfare and we are pushing against. Now, I realize I have no idea what I'm talking about when I talk about pregnancy. I'm not gonna be one of those preachers that like try to use an illustration. Everybody's in the room like, what does he even know what he's talking about? He doesn't know anything. I know, I know nothing. All I know is this that there takes a perseverance and in that process that sometimes the tiring and feels difficult, I, I, I just sense in my spirit that we're pushing against some stuff in the spirit that there's a breakthrough about to happen, that there's a shift that's going to take place because the river of God's presence that where the spirit of the Lord is, how many know there is freedom? Nothing can hinder or hold back the power and the presence of God. When you come in contact with the power of his spirit, how many know you become transformed? Is there anyone in the room who's been transformed? Is there anyone in the room whose life has been turned around? Is there anyone in the room who used to be a former and you're no longer what you used to be, but now you are redeemed and, ch and changed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are those who are former dead in our transgressions, but made new in Jesus Christ. Here's the significance of the river and why we call it river weight, coming alive and, and having this effect in the river is, is in Ezekiel chapter 47, there's a scripture that is spoken of the, the water that flows in Ezekiel's vision. And this is so key. This is the word we believe for this house for us that God has called us to be in Fayette County. And this word says this, that everywhere the river went, the, the water and the stream went towards the Dead Sea and everywhere it went, it caused the waters to come to life. And that life flourished everywhere the water went. Everywhere the river went, life flourished. How many believe this is what God is calling in this hour and in this day, that everywhere the water goes, what would it look like if we saw an awakening and a move of God in Point Marion in Bell Vernon and in Brownsville, right along the river, that it would be awakening, that God do it in our day and in our hour. You say, well, I don't live there. That's totally fine. God has given us a heart for the Mon Valley, for that area, for along the Monongahela River. And uh, that was months ago. We began to pray. And uh, we want to invite you to be a part of this journey with us. In fact, uh, this, these, this series, uh, River Wake, we're going to invite you to be tangible and active and engaged with us. We said that there's a pivot. At the beginning of the year, the word was pivot, a word that was, that was just spoken uh, as a, a guest that we had come in and, and uh, uh, just shared a word with us that we were going to have, in a season, get ready to pivot. And uh, we came in February, recognized the end of February, yeah, there is a pivot. Some of that had to do with our building plans and all that stuff. Our building plans, we're still praying and seeking God, what he wants to do, but here's what we're determined. That's God's business. We'll take care of what's our business. He said our business is to go and make disciples. How many know if we take care of that, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he'll take care of everything else. So we're not worried about that stuff. We're worrying about the, the, the presence of God, the heart of God, the work that he's called us to do. He'll take care of everything else. And we're, we're doing all the things that we can do, but the main emphasis is, God, we wanna see life in broken places. 
And so we're gonna encourage you to, to, to make this journey with us. Part of the pivot was that we would not just be a church that is a hospital for the hurting. Yes, that's great, but that we would even more be a sending station for the healed. That we'd be a sending station for the healed. Absolutely come and let broken, broken people find hope and find strength. And absolutely, these doors are open and they'll always be open for that. But how many know broken people don't just have to come here? That broken people can come into contact with healed people who walk into community, school places, workplaces, area, every area that we are, that they can come in contact with the river, not because they came here, but because they cross paths with you and I who are carriers of the, pre- is there anyone who's a carrier of the presence of God and of the work of the Holy Spirit that brings life to dead places? So here's what we wanna encourage you to do. We want to encourage you to be a part in these, one of these areas to literally, like Jesus sending out the 72, we believe that Jesus is sending out the 72, that he, like he did in Luke chapter 10, to go into places, to go into areas, and to bring the hope and the message of Jesus Christ. It was a, a, a dream a number of, of uh, months ago now, and I just, I had this dream that was so vivid, and the picture was this, we were in a new uh, a new facility, it was a new place. Part of my excitement was, oh God, are we, we gonna figure out what we're, where we're gonna build and what we're gonna do and how that's gonna work. But then as I was coming to an area, I saw people coming in a back door, a side door, and there was a couple there that I recognized. They're from our church, they're part of this house. And this couple that was there, I, I saw them and it looked out of place in the moment and they're escorting people in and literally escorting them from a back door to a seat in this, in this auditorium and in this area. And I said to this couple, I said, what are you doing here? And these are the words that were in my dream. So you know, this was not just one of those, I ate something the night before, but I woke up with these words and this is what came out of this couple's mouth. They said, we're bringing life to desolate places. And those words rung in my, in my spirit. I prayed on I even called that couple and said, I don't know what God is doing, but this is the word. And here's what I believe it is now. God is setting that up. He said, no, I'm preparing that I'm getting ready to send you out by two again. I'm getting ready to send out the 72 and to send out in pairs. And we're going to bring life to desolate places like Point Marion, like Brownsville, like Bel- even saying it right now, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit that we're prophesying life. And here's the significance that we get to be a part of. And so we're asking you to join us in this, to pick one of those regions or one of those those communities and be sent out into those areas and be a part of it. And over the next six, uh, the next, uh, six weeks, we're gonna encourage you next week to sign up. Uh, even this week, you can sign up now. We have team leaders that are leading these teams into the communities. And uh, one week, starting next week, we're gonna take a day and just gather in, uh, in these communities. Whichever one you sign up for, you'll go to that community and take a prayer walk, not a march. This is not a, we're not gonna take it anymore. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're just gonna walk. And if people are like, what are you doing? We're just praying a blessing. We're not, we don't even have to shout loud or talk loud or do, we're, we're not doing anything to make a scene. We're going to carry the presence of God. We're just gonna call, uh, walk, in the, walk the streets of these communities and declare blessing and life and pray that there'll be homes that would open their hearts to receive a blessing. And the Bible said what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, if they receive you, then leave a blessing. If they don't, shake the dust off your feet and keep on moving to the next place. We might even pick up trash along the way. I I don't even, we're just going to declare a blessing. The week after that, on September the 11th, 
We're going to do serve days in these communities, whichever one that you sign up for. We've already coordinated with the mayors and the, the uh, uh, leaders in those communities, and uh, we're, we're putting together some projects. Uh, what better way to honor 9-11 than to serve our communities and to be a part of that? The week after that, we're going to go back again and invite people, hand out invites that literally say, just invites that say, the future is bright for Point Marion, the future is bright for Brownsville, the future is bright for Bell Vernon, and we're going to invite them to, a, to an evening event that will happen in set, the end of September on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday in each of those towns. And whichever one you sign up for, you get to be a part of that. And then as we go, we're going to follow it up with uh, going there, and uh, we're going to take a, a party into that community, and we're going to share the love of Jesus Christ. We're going to cast the net for souls to be saved, and we believe that God is going to cause life to flourish in the waters of the Monongahela, and it's going to flow all the way north and affect our area, that God will do in what happens in the natural, that God will do in the spiritual, that we would see significance, and we want to invite you to be a part of this. How many believe this is something for us in this moment, that I want to see life flourish everywhere the river goes? And this is what we want to be a part of as a church. Let me tell you, it's timely. The Lord put this in, on our heart months ago. We started praying about this. I shared this with our leadership team. It began to resonate. I backed off a little bit, thought, nah, that sounds, a, I don't know. And then the more we talked about it, the more we prayed about it. It's like, no, this is it. This is the moment, sending out the 72. It's time. This is what God has called us to do in this, in this moment as the church. Wouldn't you know, while we're preparing River Wake, which is all about life flourishing in dead places, just this week, just this week, there was a gathering of leaders, concerned leaders and individuals in the Mon Valley, and they're talking about the drug epidemic. And one of the officials made a comment just this week that said because of the epidemic and because of what's happening, the, 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 there's been an increase in deaths with drug-related deaths in the Mon Valley. And one of the officials said, we've got to be ready because the next six months, we're going to see more death than we've seen. Isn't it interesting that this week, when an official in a meeting said, we've got to get ready for more death, God has already been prepping us and making us ready for more life. Come on, that's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence when the world says we've got, we've got difficulty, we've got disappointment, we've got things falling apart. When the world says we've got to get ready for more death, the church has already been saying, no, we had no idea what you were about to say, but God was already speaking. And God says there is life, and there is life more abundantly. How many believe we're about to be a part of something significant? On that day the Lord spoke this, I began to just prophesy, and isn't it interesting that we began to prophesy months ago that we would see a large increase in Fayette County of lost people coming to know Jesus. Not here at Faith Assembly only, but in our churches. Isn't it interesting when we said in these coming months we're gonna see more souls saved while the official said in these coming months we're gonna see more death. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Come on, somebody declare the report of the Lord that there is life and there's life everlasting. I thank God that we can prepare and plan because yes, we live in a time that's, that's crumbling, that's difficult. Yes, we see what's happening in Afghanistan. We see storms that are raging, epidemic, all of this stuff. But I wanna remind you, when you see these things happen, don't be in despair. Look up, your redemption draws nigh. Don't lose hope, don't lose heart. Don't let fear and worry and anxiety overwhelm you because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we have this hope in Jesus Christ that he is coming 
again. Is there anyone who believes that there's a, there's a king coming for a church without spot, without wrinkle? We are made ready for this hour, this day. Hey, would you be a part of River Wake? Would you look at your neighbor and just tell him right now, say, you want to be a part of this. Just tell him that. You, you want to be a part of this. I hope that you'll make plans to be a part. Would you stand with me? What I want to do is we get into the word in Jeremiah 17. What I want to do to start this series as, uh, as we stand today, I want to pray for Point Marion, Brownsville, and Bel Vernon. Point Marion is this direction. Brownsville is that direction. And I'm just, yeah, Brownsville is that direction, and Bel Vernon is that direction. Would you turn in one of those directions? And I know some are like, we don't do this in, in church. I, but we're going to do it today because we're going to speak over, these west, the, over the western side of our area that life would come. And where they're saying we're getting ready for more death, we're declaring, no, we're getting ready for more. Is there anyone who senses that in your spirit right now and just resonate that this is what we get to be a part of? So come on, let's pray. And would you just pray over towards these areas and these communities? Father, we speak blessing over the Mon River and this region, this area. God, we thank you, Lord, that you have ordained for such a time as this. God, a great work and an awakening. We believe in Jesus' name that, God, our history has known a first awakening and a second great awakening. I pray, oh God, that there would be a third great awakening, that, Lord, there'd be the waters of your presence and of your spirit that would rise and restore and bring life. God, I pray that we would be equipped like the 72 that were sent out, that prepared, and, Lord, that we would go with the presence of God, the power of your spirit. And, Lord, we speak life right now over Point Marion. God, we speak life over this valley, this area, that, Lord, it would, it would flourish, it would grow, it would become alive, and homes would be blessed. We speak life over Brown. God, we speak life over a place that literally launched expeditions into the Western territories. God, I pray that you would speak new life and it would launch an expedition and a move of your spirit across our area and our world. We pray, God, would you bless Belvernon, Lord, this place that was known for green, for, for green hillsides and beauty. God, would you bring even greater beauty to Belvernon, to these areas around us? We speak life and blessing. God, thank you that there are those who are ready to attend to the need, but God, I thank you that you've called us to go and to bring resurrection power, that, Lord, everywhere the river goes, that dead things will come to life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that right now, would you say amen and just thank God for the stream of living water and of life in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Seems like he's too excited. Well, what I'm drinking, you can have it too. I'm telling you what, there's something in the water. There's something in the water. Hey, while you're standing, let's look at uh, Jeremiah chapter 17. And uh, I want to jump into this quickly. As Pastor Mike said, we're going to wrap up with communion. And um, I want to share this text uh, in uh, verse 12 of Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah is a prophet to the people of Israel. He's been a prophet for about 40 years. And uh, as he's preaching, he's in the, the middle of his ministry. His job is to warn the people because there is a coming punishment on the land, on Israel. And um, Israel tries to turn things around. How many know you can't stop what God already said is going to be in motion? Uh, they tried to stop and withstand what God was doing. Can I tell you, um, the, the earth is going to burn. Some are like, what in the world is he talking about now? Uh, there is an end of this earth. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away. 
but the word of God remained forever. I don't know when. I don't know the process. I'm not going to pretend. And some people, you know, we got to figure out all that stuff. You know what? I thank God that he told us about the end times, but I thank God he didn't make us experts of it because all I know is there's a king coming and I'm ready for the king. I don't know what all the, I just know that we have this hope and this redemption. And so we're proclaiming the same thing, that there is judgment coming to the earth. But how many know there's hope for those who are in Christ Jesus? And so Jeremiah is giving this word, and uh, here's what he says in verse 12. He says, but we worship at your throne, your throne that is eternal, high, and glorious. Oh, come on, how many know we come to a throne that is like no other throne? Eternal, high, and glorious. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who turn away from you will be disgraced. They will be buried in the dust, or their names will be written in the dust. How many know there's another place your name can be written? It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. I'd rather my name written in what will remain and not in what will pass and be gone. It says that they will be buried in the dust, they, for they have abandoned the Lord, the fountain of living water. O oh Lord, if you heal me, I will be truly healed. If you save me, I'll be truly saved. My praises are for you alone. Here's what I'm going to highlight. Uh, he says this. He says, they have abandoned or forsaken the fountain of living water. And then he says, Lord, if you heal me, I'll be completely healed. If you save me, I'll be completely saved. How many are thankful that we serve a God who is a living water, who doesn't do anything halfway, does everything completely and wholly? Before you're seated, just tell your neighbor there must be something in the water. You may be seated this morning. There must be something in the water. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're a part of this. I hope you'll jump in and be a part of River Wake with us as we just believe God for this, this turning and this, this moment. There's something in the water uh, when we encounter the presence of God, we become transformed from the inside out. You and I know that what we take in has an effect on us, what we allow to come in. They had forsaken. Jeremiah says they forsaken or forsook this fountain of living water. They had found a substitute. Instead of, of, instead of allowing their life to be attached and resourced by the presence of God through Jesus Christ, through God, the, 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 the one who, who called Israel, who sustains Israel, they created their own cisterns. We'll talk, at that, talk in, in that for a moment, but you and I are affected by what we drink. I don't know what your drink of choice is, but uh, I've got one. I'm sure you do. Some of you are coffee drinkers. Where are all the coffee drinkers? Where are all the people who are like, uh, don't talk to me before I have my coffee? And uh, let's lay hands. Be delivered in Jesus' name. Uh, I'll talk to be about dependence, and you need your coffee before you can be kind. Man, that's like the dumbest thing. I said to somebody sometime, I said, uh, man, you seem grumpy. Well, I haven't had my coffee yet. <laughs> well, Jesus can fix that. I mean, coffee is, anyway. You, you can be affected by, uh, uh, by uh, what you take in. Here's just some things. I don't know if you've been affected by this, but just to let you know, what you drink has an effect on you. Are you ready? Sunny D gives you energy. Prune juice gives you a cleansing. Mountain Dew makes you adventurous, and Starbucks makes you broke. You're affected by what you drink. Sweet tea gets you bloated, and Michelob gets you toasted. You better know what you're drinking. Coca-Cola gives you pimples. Melatonin gives you Zs. Red Bull gives you wings, and black coffee puts hair on your chest. So you better know what it is that you're drinking. You, you got to know what it is that you're putting in, inside of us. Here, here's the living water. You, we get to drink from the well that never runs dry. Jesus said that if you drink from the well, this place, he says, you'll never thirst again. The woman who was at the well, she said, well, then let me drink of this so I don't have to come back. No, she missed it. It doesn't mean you don't have to come back. It means that every time you come back, you'll never find it empty. 
It doesn't mean you'll never have to come and drink. It means that every time you come, you'll never find it lacking. You'll never find it insufficient. You'll never find it without. You will always find it abundant. Why? Because he came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. He wants us to drink of what he's provided. He's speaking to a crowd in John chapter 7 on a Passover, a festival. In the last day of the festival, Jesus stands up and Jesus says these words, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. You know the, the audacity they would have thought. Here it is. We're honoring the Passover and we're recognizing that, that, that God has, has delivered us from Egypt. He's the Passover and we're waiting for the Messiah and Jesus stands up. I'm here. If anyone is thirsty, they can come to me. And he makes this statement. Come to me if you're thirsty. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. My question to you and I today is what's flowing from our heart? That whatever we're drinking, whatever we take in, it flows out of us. What is pouring out of us? That when we come to the one who is the living water, it comes out of us. What's coming out of us today? What is it? We've got to ask ourselves, are we polluting the waters of God's presence and his spirit that he wants to bring about in our world? Because how many know sometimes we can allow, instead of living waters to come out, we can allow aggression. We can allow anger. We can allow bitterness. We can allow jealousy. We can allow defense. We can allow unforgiveness. We can allow things to flow. Listen, it doesn't mean those things aren't in us, but it means this, the one who is the living water flows in us, and now greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Now the one who, who affects me on the inside is able to cleanse me and wash me clean of everything on the outside, that he's able to restore. You see, everything in the world wants to come from the outside in and contaminate. It comes from the outside. You and I were started in a place created in the image of God, but we were born into sin. And because of sin, we've been polluted. Now we live in a world that tries to contaminate us from the inside out, which is why we're dead on the inside. But thanks be to God that he sent his spirit and his spirit quickens us. And if anyone hears him that responds to him, there's salvation. We come alive on the inside and in coming alive on the inside, now everything that's tried to take us from the outside in, the power of God is greater in, in, in us, and now he heals us and cleanses us of all unrighteousness. Is there anybody who's ever been cleansed of all unrighteousness? My mom, God bless her, we just, uh, we, we got to hang out this weekend. We spent time together with mom and dad and, and uh, love my family coming home or coming, well, actually, yeah, Central PA. Anyway, they came out and visited and, and uh, had a great time uh, visiting. My mom is a miracle. My mom is a miracle because she grew up in a dysfunctional home. In fact, my mom said this, because uh, you know uh, you can identify someone in the way they act, the way they talk. And uh, my mom <laughs> said that she fell in love with my dad because he was a happy drunk as opposed to a mean one. My mom grew up in such a dysfunctional home. My mom is a testimony. I, I sometimes like to just give people insight because sometimes you think, oh, there's the preacher. His life's all together, perfect. He must come from a perfect family. There are no issues. I am one generation removed from great dysfunction. I don't say this proudly, but I say this as a testimony to the grace of God. My mom grew up in such a dysfunctional home that she is a miracle walking before God. Some of you might be able to relate to such dysfunction and disorder. But my mom grew up in a home of an alcoholic who was abusive, who when he would come home drunk, he would take my grandmother and a shotgun in the house. And I know, being careful, but he would make grandma beg for her life while the kids, all nine of them, would watch 
because my grandfather was evil. My grandfather was full of hate, full of sin, full of everything unrighteous. But Jesus. I got to see my grandfather when I was about a junior high, the end of elementary years. I got to see my grandfather who received the love of Jesus Christ. And now my mom, who all she knew was dysfunction and disorder in the house, is now filled with love and healing and redemption and hope. Why? Because if you come to him, he will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Why? Because he is the living water and the word of God and the hope of glory. See, I tell my kids that story and say, well, Jason, why would you tell your kids? You know why I tell my kids that story? Because I don't want them to forget how close we are to disorder and dysfunction. Because sometimes you can fix your life up enough and like, we got this all together. And then we just start cruising. See, that's what they did in Jeremiah's day. They forsook the stream of living water, the fountain of living water, and began to live off of cisterns. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter two, the Lord says, I have this thing against you, these two things that are my problem with you. My problem is this, that you have forsaken the fountain of living water. You've forsaken me, and you've dug for yourself cisterns to produce for yourself. You've dug cisterns for your own, for your own pleasure and your own doing. You see, both of these things were needed. The only problem is that they quit relying on the running water and started relying on the runoff. That they had this, this ability to have wells. And when you would dig a well, you would dig a well until you got to the, the water. And that water would flow and it would fill up the well. And literally it was fed by springs in the ground that would come in. And it was a living water. It was a well of living water. It was a provision. The water was running. It was living. It was flowing. They went to the living water. But then they had other areas that because of convenience or because of getting it to the livestock or the crops, they would have other areas that were cisterns. These were dug out, and you didn't have the water that would bubble up. You had the water that would catch from runoff. It would run off from the ground or from the mountain. It would run off from, from different areas or the rainfall. It was a gathering place. And so it was valuable having those areas. But how many know that unless you have living water flowing soon, those areas become stagnant, dead. They become disease-ridden. Why? Because we weren't meant to live on the runoff. We were meant to live on the running water. We weren't meant to live with just run with what just runs off and what comes because that represents what we can do. They would dig out the cisterns and then they would put plaster around it in their own ability. They created something. Thank God for the ability to create. Here's the problem though. They started instead of just living on and depending on the one who created all things, they got comfortable and said, oh, we can do this on our own. When they began to do it on their own, the Bible says their cisterns were broken. They were detached from the well. They were detached from the provision, the living water. And sometimes the danger is that we can get so good, and I tell my kids how close we are to the salvation of Jesus Christ because I want them to be reminded it's not because we have great jobs. It's not because we have college education. It's not because we have good luck and fortune and privilege and opportunity. It's because we have a God who is gracious and a God redeemed our life. He took our sins that were red as scarlet, washed us white as snow, turned us around, gave us a hope and a future, and the God on the inside of us made a path where there was no way. We are not here today because of what we've done. We are here today because of the grace of God in our life and our response to his grace and his goodness in our life. You see, some of the issues where we are in our country and culture and place, and, and without getting into too much of the history, uh, Brownsville 
was spoken of back in the 1800s at Brownsville or, or in the late 17 into the 1800s that uh, Pittsburgh might become something if she weren't so close to Brownsville because Brownsville flourished, literally sending out the shipyards that were, that were there and uh, all that was being provided for along the river. Much of the Mon River had glass factories, even into, into uh, uh, Morgantown, but in, in uh, Point Marion, a glass factory that had some of the residual effects and the notoriety of, of Morgantown, some of the best glass factories that came uh, along that river to, to the point that some of that glassware served the White House because it was so popular and so good right in our area. Here's the problem. Pride comes before the fall. That we get into a place and we detach from the fountain of living water and we do it on our own. And then what doing it on our own is instead of having an ongoing relationship with Jesus or with God the Father, we just become religious in our cisterns. One of the great downfalls of strongholds that need to fall in Fayette County is the spirit of religion. The spirit of religion says, well, I'm a good person because I do good deeds. No, I am not good. There's only one good, that is Jesus Christ. And anything good I have is because of Jesus Christ in me. And that changes it. My relationship with him attaches me to anything good. I'm not good because I go to church. I'm not good because I do good things. I'm not good for any other reason except that I am related to and have relationship with the one who is all things good. Everything pure, everything holy, everything beautiful. That is our relationship. But they lived off the cisterns and they detached from the well. And the danger of detaching from the well is this, that whatever is detached from the source is deprived of the resources. Whatever becomes detached from the source is deprived of the resources. I would say it this way, that when you detach from that, I was uh, uh, about seven years old or so walking through uh, Lynn's Market in New Oxford, Pennsylvania, where uh, outside of Gettysburg, where I grew up, and we're walking in the, in the grocery store. Dad went for meat because we were making dinner, so he went to get meat. I saw the cereal aisle. I said to Dad, let's go get Quisp. I don't have a speech impediment. That is how you said it, Quisp. It was a cereal. I loved it. That's just... How I said it. it, that's what it was. It was quisp. I said, let's go get cereal. Dad said, no, stay with me. I remember that day thinking, my dad is so mean. He makes me stay with him. He won't let me go get cereal. He's making me stay with him. Fast forward about 13 now. I'm 13. Dad and I are in York, Pennsylvania, and we are doing a project up there. We go to McDonald's for lunch. I'm standing behind Dad at the register. Dad is ordering his food. A lady steps to the other register and says, young man, I can take you at this counter. I stood behind Dad, and I said, nope, I'm with him. You know why? Because he's paying. <laughs> if I detach from the source, now I'm deprived of the resources. The moment I separate myself from dad, I wish dad was still buying lunch. Uh, I, I wish it would still. You see, in the natural, there's the progression. But in the spiritual, he is a father to the fatherless to gener from generation to generation. As the worship team comes today and, and, and helps us close, I, I want you to catch today the necessity of being attached to the source of living water. If we're not connected to the source of living water, then we're living off the runoff, and the runoff won't cause us any joy. You'll wonder why you go to church and it just doesn't feel like anything's working because you're living off the runoff and you've detached from the running water. You've detached from the living water. Here, here's the things that we have to contend with when it comes to having this living water. And, and how many would catch that, yeah, it's good to have the cisterns and there are moments, but we weren't meant to live off the cisterns. We need the living water. How many catch that this morning? 
You follow me? Let me just give you three things we contend with that become issues for us sometimes in having the living water. Number one is confrontation. Number two is convenience. And number three is completion. Number one, being this confrontation, sometimes it's hard for us to get living water because we'd rather remove ourselves from what is real because how many know that when you go to the water and the water's pure, you can see your reflection? And sometimes we would rather be in places that make us not confront our issues. And we're more comfortable in places where I can hide, where I can fit in, where I can just not see anything. How many know that if we're going to receive the living water and we allow the water of God to confront us and to challenge us, it's going to cause us at times to recognize, oh God, there's some impurities in me that I need you to wash and cleanse. Is there anybody who has been confronted with some things that God says, hey, I want to wash that out of your life? Even though I've been saved, yes, there's, I, I want to I remove, I, I, I want to confront these things. Here's the other thing is convenience. Let's just be honest that going to the water isn't convenient. It's more convenient just to find a cistern and live off the runoffs. It's more convenient to just be in a place of living off of, of, of whatever came from the rain, whatever came, but there's something about getting the water I, I, I've never done this before, but I know that there's a place up on the mountain, heading up the mountain, that people go there to, drink, to get their drinking water because it is so pure, it's so great, it's so good. Okay. I ain't never done that. You know what to get there? You got to go up the mountain. You got to go. How many know that once you've gone there and... I wouldn't know, so I can't speak from experience. You know, it's like that pregnancy thing. <laughs> no. But once you go, it's worth it all the time because the water, there's something about the water, of the presence of God and the truth of his word that when it confronts it, we allow it to do this work. It's not, inconven- it's not convenient. Yeah, it might be inconvenient for you to be a part of a, a river wake team. Might be inconvenient might be inconvenient in some place, and you say, well, I can't do all of it. I understand there might be, there, you say, oh, is he trying to, you know, coax us in? and make? No, I'm just saying there becomes something that if we're going to drink from the living water and stay attached, we can't just look for convenience. How many have found out it's not always convenient to stay attached to the living water? It's not always convenient. It's not always convenient to have that time with God. It's not always convenient to allow, to, to go, I... Uh, it's not always convenient. It's not always convenient to take a, 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 a day out and to serve a community or to do, it's not always convenient. And what the difference is, and here's when I've said to myself, I don't know if it's worth it, follows up with me asking the question, then what was I trying to earn? What was I trying to get? Because if at the end of the day, if my whole desire is Jesus be glorified, then that's always worth it, Jesus be glorified. Here's the last thing, and the, the, the last thing is this, that, that it, we, we struggle with completion, and here's the completion of it. It's not about what we start, it's about what we finish. And some of the struggle, I hear this in church culture, and I hear this in, in some, sometimes the striving, and I just feel like the, this is a spiritual attack on our culture today, and the word is this, it's never good enough. I hear that so much. It's never good enough. I hear that in marriages. It's never enough for them. It's not enough. I hear that in 
in churches or in places. I just feel like it's never enough. I'm never enough. I'm never good enough. I'm not enough. I, I just feel like I never do enough. Sometimes when we feel like it's never enough, we're missing it. Because when it's about it's never enough, it's not about what I have to give. It's about not it's never enough. It's he's not done working with me. And when you're tempted to camp in the it's never enough, because here's what never enough is. Never enough is saying, well, I'm done because I've worked hard. It's never good enough. It's never enough. I can't. How many know that when you feel like it's never enough, you start backing off and you despise and you, you, you start moving away from that? How many have ever been in that situation? No, I don't want to admit it. Okay, I get it. And in those moments, I would challenge us because in the church, we're, it, it can feel like, God, I, I keep going to the water. Well, when is it ever enough? Well, the joy of it is this. It's not about, is my work enough? It's never about my work. It's a, God's not done working with me. And because he's not done working with me, his waters are continuing to flow. And because his waters are continuing to flow, he's continuing to work in my life and perfect me and develop me. And when now I look not from the what I have to do, but now from what I get to receive, it changes everything. I now go to the water to be at his presence. When you go through life's troubles, you watch this in, in, in tragedy. Tragedy will, ever, will either push you to the water or from the water. It'll either push you to the presence of God or from the presence of God. Tragedy has a way of either pushing you one way or another. And when we go through difficulty, my prayer is, oh, that you would run to the water. David faced the giant, and the moment the giant came out, David said these words. He said, you come against me with a sword, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. How did David get that courage? The Bible says he went to the stream and there at the stream found five smooth stones. He went to the running water. You and I, guys, we're facing giants. There's an, there's a, there's an opioid issue. There's dysfunction. There's, there's, there's pandemic. There's war. There's everything going on in these last days. But guess what? Yeah, there's giants in the land. But guess what else? There's also a river that makes glad the city of our God. There is also a water that will never run dry. And those giants will not last as long as this water will flow. And so though I look at the giant, I'm going to sit at the water, at the presence of God, the running water in his presence. He gives strength. And guess what I may never measure up to the giant but he that is in me will cause the banks to fall he'll cause a Manungahela the waters of his presence are strong enough to push down whatever giant stands in front of you run to the waters run to the waters of his presence the place of restoration of wholeness not the place of you'll never hurt not the place it'll never be hard but the place that whatever you pour out he'll always pour back in whatever it costs you it'll always be worth it whatever you walk through you'll never walk alone you will walk with the one who will never leave you who'll never forsake you his water will never run dry he is the source and so today don't abandon the fountain of living water because let's be honest some of us have gotten comfortable living off the cisterns the places we've made the things we've carved out the things we've done I've got my job I've got my life I've got my stuff so pour in the water let it let it happen and that's okay for a season 
But oh, when you get connected to the living water, all of a sudden now, though the enemy comes against me, even though I walk through the valley, even though I'm in, though the water rises, though the floods come, though any, he is with me, my God is with me. Why? Because I'm no longer living off the runoff. Now I'm in the presence of the one who never runs dry. So today I want to encourage us to not stay in the cistern. We're going to receive communion. We're not talking about river wake and what we need to do because it's not what we do. It's what we allow God to do. It's what we allow God to do in us. So that when we go the places we go, we don't have to go and perform. We just go and be. We're just carriers of the presence of God. Well, how do you bring life? Because I connect with the one who gave me life and he goes with me everywhere I go. So everywhere I go, dead things come to life because everywhere the water touches, life flourishes. Life flourish in your home. Life flourish in your marriage. Life flourish in your, in your community. Life flourish. And how many know it only happens because we're connected to the source, the one who is the living water? Pastor Mike, would you set these... The, the, the trays that are out and we want to invite you would you stand with me all across this room and in these last minutes we're going to receive communion and here's the only requirement to receive communion is to make Jesus the Lord of your life if you're here today and you don't know Jesus I'm going to invite you today is the opportunity to say well Jason do I have to take a membership class do I have to do a thing do I have to no you just have to believe on Jesus Christ and here's what he said that when you we believe on him we acknowledge the one who is the life giver and there are these containers here today and they have communion. We're going to invite you as we sing this song to receive communion, to take the communion elements and then back to your seat and then we'll receive them together. But I want to call you today to a place of saying, God, evaluate my heart and I'm making a, a decision today that I'm coming to the source of living water. I'm coming to the source that, of living water. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your savior, with every head bowed and every eye closed in this moment. You say, today I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. If that's you, just lift your hand right where you are in this moment of decision, giving this opportunity. Is there anyone today? You say, today I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Is there anybody today? Yeah. Yeah, is there anyone else this morning? Yeah. We're gonna sing this song that simply says, I'm running to your arms. And what we're saying to God today is God, I'm acknowledging that my source isn't the runoff. My source is you, the living water that'll never run dry, that we receive from God. I don't know if you've ever heard of Flint, Michigan. Probably the only time you heard of it was because it came in the news with water issues in 2014. Here's how that whole thing happened. The city tried to save money. They were in a deficit. And so they withdrew from where they always received their water and they started receiving water from a different source. And because they started receiving water from a different source, that source, they did not, they did not allow the proper treatment. It wasn't done properly. It was one of those, this is cheap and it will save us money. Be careful, there is no spiritual shortcut. You can't detach. And the only reason we know Flint, Michigan is because they detached from where they got the water and tried another source. There is no other name under heaven and earth whereby we must be saved. There is no other name but the name of Jesus.